0: You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Tretter and Lindsay adams Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Today on AGW, we are joined
1: by Elizabeth Velios. By day, Elizabeth is a data analyst and by night, a content creator behind one of our favorite AG Instagram accounts at JustPoshDid, where she provides the ultimate fashion inspo for us all, curating modern versions of our favorite A.G. looks. Growing up in the Midwest, Elizabeth was a creative gal through and through who also loved to read and hang with the neighborhood girls where her love for A.G. thrived. Elizabeth had the historic dolls plus the girl of today. She read the A.G. trifecta, the books, magazine, and catalog, went to A.G. events, and even tried to start her own AG club, which we must hear all about today. So let's get into it. Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so
2: much for having me. I'm so excited to talk AG with you.
0: We're so excited to have you on. And I think also our Instagram community is going to be really excited to have (laughs) you as a guest as well what should we start with? Should we hear Elizabeth's origin stories or jump right into the Instagram? I feel like Elizabeth should tell us a little bit about her Instagram and why she started it. And then, you know, we'll hear about all the events that led to her becoming such a huge AG fan. Amazing. All right. Tell us your origin story, Elizabeth.
2: I told you a little bit before we started recording about uh, my 2020 pandemic origin, but it actually starts about um, seven years pre-pandemic. I always tell of this job that I had and people say, oh, was this like Paris that you were working, you know, in Paris? And I'm like, no, it was better. It was a Dillard's in the Midwest. And (laughs) I worked for the company um, BCBG Max Azria. So do you guys remember from homecoming dresses from
0: the 2000s. A hundred percent. Absolutely.
2: So I I was working for them um, and they were renting a space, which was in a Dillard's department store, which is like a Midwestern department store. And part of that particular company, what we had to do part of our job description, they wanted us to try everything on you know, so that we could tell people, you know, this is how it fits. It was playing dress up all day, every day, you know, very small town. Maybe we would have five customers in a day and we would just get to try all of these clothes (laughs) on. And it was like the very, it, it was amazing. And it was the very beginning of like Instagram back when it was a heavily edited, like filtered, you know, 2012, 2013 Instagram aesthetic. And I would do these comparison so at that time it was less styles were less I think they're really AG focused now like the prairie look and all of that is really big now at that time it was a little bit more like Elton John like 70s rocker um you know look and I would do the similar comparisons only they were mere selfies uh -hmm. and it was a series (laughs) I did on my personal Instagram so it just kind of with people I knew. And I think I, I got a lot of pity likes from people who are just trying to be nice. But I, I debuted Molly one weekend, I think it was 4th of July. I did a Miss Victory uh, outfit inspired by Molly. So that was the very first origin of my AG looks, but they uh, just posted. it. So my AG account right now, I started in the early days of the pandemic. Um, actually for my Poshmark closet. I was planning on doing a huge, you know, closet clean out to Marie Kondo, you know, whole thing. And yeah, pretty quickly I started with the AG girls and I was getting a lot of people like, please do more of these. You know, I really like this, you know, people are really connecting with it. So it just went from there.
0: That wow. Is so fun. So fun. And we've been such a fan of your Instagram um, from the beginning. It was, I think, probably one of the first ones that we, you know, got into as we were sort of starting our own AG journey during this pandemic. So it's like, feels like this was a long time coming, getting to have you on the pod.
2: Oh, I love that. I love to hear (laughs) that. Thank you. Of
0: course. Of course. Just a couple of AG Instagram gals. Getting (laughs) not a podcast together.
1: (laughs) How long were you at BCBG for?
2: Off and on, I have had worked there from 2008. Was the first time I worked there, like temporarily, you know, like college aged. I worked there off and on until 2017, and they actually the company went bankrupt. I think I might still be working there if, (laughs) if not, it was just the most fun job I. I talk about it like I worked at the White House or like in Paris, yeah. maybe. It was just so great. It was so fun.
1: That sounds like an absolute dream. Yeah. Like just so much fun. Totally. It, it was a blast. Playing dress up
2: for a living. It was so great.
1: Right? <laughs> oh my God, good for you. I, I could only imagine like there being so many dresses to try on and some that were like really stunning and then some that were like, a little, I mean, I don't really know what the selection was, but like some being just like fun to wear and maybe like something you wouldn't normally pick out, but they were just like joyful to try on.
2: 100%. Some of them really, um, did have sort of like a, almost like a costume costumey type look to them. So they were super fun and just great to wear. And uh, they gave us really a phenomenal discount. So it was like very accessible Ooh. to maybe get something like that, that just normally you wouldn't, uh, you know, because it was impractical.
0: That's so fun. I miss like being able to like work my college, like retail job for that reason. <laughs> right? I worked at
1: Yankee Candle for two months of my junior year of college And to say, I love that job was an understatement. Like I was obsessed with all things Yankee Candle. That's like all I wanted to talk about. And I got, I don't know if I got fired. I was told like not to come back with like a lot of other people because we all went home for Thanksgiving and they said that was like a big no-no. Like there was like a weird, like new management situation and they were like, you have to be here during Thanksgiving. And I was like, I don't live here though. Like, I'm not going to not see my family. And we all got let go. And I was sad. Like, I love that job. It was so much fun.
2: That is, I I feel like that is a tale as old as time in retail. It's like the holiday tragedy. You know, (laughs) there's that expectation that... (laughs) no, you can't spend any time with your family. And I I totally understand the the sorrow of that situation. They used to try to,
0: they tried to do that when I worked at Urban Outfitters in college too. And I had like the same conundrum where they were like, you can't go home for Thanksgiving because you have to work Black Friday. And I was like, I'm 19 and also I don't live here so (laughs) and I think like what I did was I was like well I I already booked my travel so (laughs) (laughs) did they did they let you go after that point or
1: did you get to return
0: oh I got to return they I worked there for like two (laughs) no I worked there for like another year after that so (laughs) apparently they needed me more but I remember like a different job at Gap I literally like quit before the holidays. Cause I was just like, I'm not, I hated working there. And I was also just like, I'm not doing this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> retail is the origin of like the quiet quit and like all of this. I feel like right. this all started in retail because it, it's like the, the one job where I feel like people will just, instead of the two week notice, it's like the two second notice, you know, they'll just leave.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Exactly. (laughs) Well, before we get into all things AG, Elizabeth, what were you like when you were growing up?
2: I was, I think, a a very strange child. So, my mother (laughs) loves to tell this story of the moment that I could walk and pick something up, I scribbled all over every surface in my parents' home. Like (laughs) the world was my canvas, you know, and I scribbled all over all of the walls, everything. And for some reason, my parents were like, this is so fantastic. Isn't this the cutest thing? And you know, they weren't, they weren't mad and they somewhat encouraged it. So that, that was truly the start of uh, m- my creativity, I suppose. But I love to, um, I love dolls, dresses, really very girly. Um, unfortunately, at the time that I was a child, there were not a lot of girls in my family. So I spent a lot of time playing alone um, with my dolls. You know, my cousins were more into boy stuff and we would play these games. Like they always wanted to do things like, let's see how many stairs we can jump down, you know, without breaking one of our legs or, you know, (laughs) and I'd be hiding playing Barbies. I love to make Barbie dresses out of tissues i I, thought was just the like coolest thing to just poke their arms through a tissue and make like little dresses and jackets out of them
1: oh that's so creative seriously i
2: I just lived lived for it and i I had uh this dollhouse that was it was called a victorian mansion it it was by Playmobil. do you guys know this dollhouse at all from the early 90s
1: Yes, I absolutely do. <sighs> I even remember the Playmobil people with it. There was like that <sighs> little woman with the feathery hat. Yes, yes,
2: there is on Etsy right now. So someone took this dollhouse and they made it into a custom Halloween haunted mansion. It is oh eight, my god. it's eight eighteen hundred dollars. It's worth every penny. Like I, <laughs> I, 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 this wow. dollhouse, I would live for this thing. It, they did such an amazing job with it. It's I've never oh. seen anything like it.
0: Oh my oh god, I had to check
1: that out. This dollhouse is incredible. This is the starting point of my my love for Victorian homes. I think yeah, that far.
0: This seems to be like the blueprint, like for what dollhouses should be
2: I still have it I want to put it back together so badly and I I know Ah. how creepy that is so it kind of keeps me from doing so but I just love it you
0: must do it I think you have to do it oh this is so cool I can't stop looking at pictures I need to stop (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'm guys I'm blown away by this dollhouse I'm like how much would it cost for me to get one (laughs) and put it together Right. (laughs) And leave it at Uh, my parents' house so that I can revisit it whenever I come home. (laughs) Oh my God. I just like keep looking at like different iterations of it. Even if they had just like a virtual one I could put together, that would be amazing.
1: (laughs) Uh (laughs) Right. It's stunning. Um, Elizabeth, in your pre-podcast recording survey that we have all of our guests fill out. You mentioned that one of your creative outlets was also rearranging and kind of redecorating your room. I love this so much. Laura and I were talking about this a couple of podcast episodes ago, just like how important a childhood bedroom is. Mm. For context, would you be able to tell us a little bit about your room? What was it like? I can tell
2: you everything because I my first memories of life, like being aware of life. I'm waking up in my crib and I'm looking and saying, like, however, a baby can say, My God, this decor is fabulous, is my mom. <laughs> <laughs> my mom should have been a decorator. She she is just very good at decorating and it was the most like I, I had it it wasn't a canopy bed like there was no canopy but it was a poster bed and there was a shelf um above where i had all of these i loved ballerinas so much mm-hmm. i never took dance like i i always say i cannot only can i not dance i feel like i can't even walk like let alone dance you know i'm just <laughs> not coordinated but i loved ballerinas i had like a lot of ballerina dolls and um, i've always loved cats so little figurines and Um, I had uh, a dresser that uh, it was kind of up on four legs, almost like something Felicity would have in a way like that kind of furniture design. But I would put a lot of my AG uh, dolls and like their table and chairs and things under the dresser. So kind of right there next to my bed. And I remember I had a, a desk at the end of my bed that had more of like that kind of stuff on it as well. I actually had a balcony um, in my room, which I feel like, no. for a child, <laughs>
1: that's a hazard.
0: <laughs> I feel
1: as a dream out- and a nightmare. Wait, I that is incredible.
0: You got out on it? I got out
2: on it. Yes, <laughs> I got out on it when I was really, really young. And I feel like it was just a hazardous situation. Nothing happened when oh it God. was hazardous. <laughs> So, unfortunately, uh, that bedroom, I moved. My brother moved. Um, we had a playroom, and he actually, at a certain point, he moved to that room as his bedroom. And then I took his old bedroom. So I had a little bit more space for my AG dolls. I lost the balcony, unfortunately.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I saw a TikTok the other day that was like, every girl's bedroom was teal. Did either of you have a teal room? Because I did.
2: I would have loved to have had one. My, mine was pink. i uh, was jealous.
0: Mine was pink up until I was about 13 and then I wanted it to be lime green, which I feel like is the second most common color <laughs> of <laughs> teenage girl rooms. And now I'm in my childhood bedroom and it's like a um, very muted, like blue turquoise color. But like a very, very like faint. It's like a like sagey blue now. Ooh, yeah, like a spa, (laughs) almost
2: like a spa would have.
0: Yeah, like calming blue. Yeah, my mom went like adult Samantha route. We have like some shabby chic furniture. We have a floral bedspread. She really made my childhood bedroom into her dream room. Once I moved out. Love that. That's like a fun project that your
1: mom had. Like, yeah, decorate a room like that.
0: I know to have like multiple, we're really showing our millennial here, but I'm like, imagine having multiple rooms to decorate however you want. Oh my God. Seriously. (laughs) I always think about
1: that. I'm like, whenever I have two bedrooms, like, (laughs) one will be decorated exactly how I want it to be (laughs) 100%. Oh
0: my gosh. Well, Elizabeth, shall we get into your experiences with your actual American Girl dolls? Um, What were, what is your earliest memory of American Girl and how old were you when you were first introduced to the American Girl universe?
2: So I had thought that my first doll was Samantha and I thought I was about three years old, which I feel is a little young for Samantha uh, so when I was searching for some pictures for you guys, I found um, an envelope that was marked Christmas 1989, which means I was two years old. And wow. that is when I got Samantha um, when I was about two and a half years old. And needless to say, she made many trips to the doll hospital,
0: <laughs> which
2: I feel as though I would like to open a spa called the doll hospital. I think that that is like the the perfect name Uh, and I don't know if you did you guys have your dolls go to the hospital ever
0: Uh, famously for me I needed one of mine to go my Josefina doll had a really bad hair situation happening. Um, And I simply like couldn't wrap my brain around the idea of like sending her away and having to like be without her for multiple weeks. So I never sent her and she just had like the worst hair of all time.
2: (laughs) That's so understandable as you're saying this, that yes, it it is somewhat of a trauma to send them away.
1: What happened to your dolls that they had to go? Do you remember any of their injuries? You know,
2: (laughs) I I feel as though some of the, the hair in the back of like her hair must have somehow gotten cut
0: oh somehow, <laughs> somehow someone <laughs>
2: might have tried to cut um her hair so I remember <laughs> just vaguely her being sent away and when she came back being pristine beautiful in a, like a hospital doll gown With a get well soon balloon, she had this little like hospital wristband. It it was the cutest thing. And she came back just stunning.
0: Yeah, I'm sure the transformation, it was amazing to witness. I wonder why they don't, like, why do they not have insurance for these dolls? Like you can get the protection, (laughs) pay $5 a month to get the protection plan.
1: (laughs) That is a great idea. (laughs) <laughs> and and there should be like insurance based on like how old you are when you have the doll. Like if it's like a five year old versus like a fifteen year old. Like me, from ages like six to nine, like don't put a scissor in my hand. I will cut a doll's hair. Like no questions about it.
0: <laughs> I yeah, I will cut a doll premium or my, on that. my my own hair. Um, but. Like, yeah, I feel like, you know, as an adult, if I were to get a doll today, like I absolutely would not need the insurance. But as a child, I mean, and how much do we really think it's costing them to do these repairs on the doll? I bet less than five dollars. What do you think they do with the limbs
1: that need to be replaced? Like, what are they doing with all of the old pieces?
0: Good question. But.
2: I feel like how creepy would it be to find, if they're just, say, throwing them in their dumpster to, like, happen upon (laughs) all of these plastic limbs in a dumpster, I feel like would be very traumatic. Hopefully they recycle. (laughs)
0: Like the
1: eyeballs with, like,
2: silver
0: (gasps)
1: eye. Ugh. A nightmare.
0: I think, like, sorry, I'm just, like, spitballing ideas here, but I think that you could treat American Girl like a car dealership and the dolls like cars and that you should be able to like trade in an old doll for like a new one or like donate any old dolls you have to like get credit on a new one or something like that um, so that they can like maybe like refurbish them and then you can buy like the refurbished ones at like a lower price point or a higher price point depending on like how rare they are like I think American Girl could take back like the um value in their dolls or like grow the value in like some of their old older dolls if they had some kind of like trade-in program (laughs) (laughs) seriously
2: that is a great idea who would you guys trade in
0: um I only Lindsay only had one doll I'm in a better place to trade in my dolls because I had five dolls and three Biddy twins or the Biddy twins and then a Biddy baby. So I'm saying like, keep Biddy baby trade in the Biddy twins trade in my American girl of today and my girl of the year and then keep all my historical dolls.
1: Yeah. Those poor Biddy twins.
0: I know. I just, I got them too late to really like enjoy playing with them, but that's personally what I, who I would trade in. What about you guys? If, if, and Lindsay, I guess, like if you had another doll, I had, I
1: had Biddy baby. Don't leave her out of this.
0: Yes. Justice
1: justice (laughs) for Biddy. Um, I, if it's between her and Felicity, I'm definitely giving Biddy away. Um, (laughs) she came to me first, but I was never that sentimental with her. Felicity will always have my heart. Elizabeth, what about you? I don't even want to
2: say Molly because I feel like poor (laughs) Molly is always thrown under the bus. So I will, for that reason, for so justice for Molly, I will keep Molly. (laughs) My girl of today, I would trade because I don't feel that she looks that much like me.
1: Yeah. Um, Did you get one that was supposed to look like you?
2: Yes, yes, but as a child, I was always just rocking a tan. I I was always (laughs) tan. So now I feel as though (laughs) she doesn't look as much like me.
1: Okay. That's fair. Did you name
2: her? You know, I don't remember naming her. She must have had my name because I remember the books. Like you could fill in the, the books, like write your own story. And I feel like I can remember seeing my name on the books.
0: Mm, that's a great point we've been like trying to figure out with some of our guests and like amongst ourselves if like any of our like bitty baby or girl of today's had names and I know it never occurred to me that like girl of today's name for a lot of girls was probably their own name because it was like a lookalike doll right
1: Yeah, that makes
0: sense. Now, what order were you like receiving these dolls in? You got Samantha first, right? And then who came next?
2: Yeah. So when I got um, Samantha, I believe there were only three dolls. I think there was only Samantha, Kirsten and Molly. Mm -hmm. But I think right very quickly after that Felicity came out, which that was through and through my mother's decor was Felicity's like
1: you know, revolutionary
2: period, you know, colonial decor. Um, so I think that I got her next and I truly cannot remember um, the order that I received the others. I want to say Addie then came she, I, she came after Felicity um, and I remember getting her pretty early on, loved her books so much. And then I, I do think Molly, I got, Kind of last as, <laughs> as an afterthought almost, and then yeah. my last uh, my last doll was Josefina as I kind of started to age out of agey a little bit at that time. Yeah,
1: fair. Ah, oh, that is such a great collection.
0: It really is. You're you're uh, covering a lot of bases with the historic dolls there. I always really wanted to like have a little bit more insight I feel like into Addie's collection because I only had like one friend that had her when I was growing up and she was a little bit older and like I think by the time like we wanted to like play with her like she had kind of like aged out of it so like I feel like she's one of the dolls that like if I could have one today she'd be like at the top of my list
2: she is one of the greatest dolls, I feel, of the historical. If Did you remember reading her books at all or did you?
0: Yes, I was obsessed. Her books were like the best ones, I feel like, out of all of them.
2: But they truly, they were. I feel like I was there. You know, in every book I was reading, the author really was able to bring you there. And especially when, you know, they get to I think it was Philadelphia if I remember correctly Mm -hmm. that she and her mother end up in Philadelphia and she's describing in the young book they're describing the room they had and you do truly feel like you're there and then to have the furniture you know you can just picture the entire thing I really love Addie and her her story is great
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I really love her books and I recently reread them and we've said this a couple of times on the podcast recently, but you could get audiobooks of all of the AG books on the Libby app, which I think is connected to like most libraries in the U S yeah. and like re-listening to them or rereading them is just so impactful. Like hearing like just how like smart the books were and informative and you know, to have been able to read those at like age seven or eight is such a great way to learn about history. Oh,
2: absolutely. And I, I have to have you clarify something from Samantha's book series. Uh, If you, uh, (laughs) is that one you recently did read again?
1: I honestly, I've listened to half of it again. I like had downloaded it for a plane ride this summer and I got through half of it and then it expired and then I just haven't picked it back up. But I can maybe answer a question. Let's I see. Need,
2: I need to know if Agnes and Agatha, were they her friends or are they like mean girls?
1: Ooh, good question. They didn't appear in the books that I listened to, I wanna say. Like I remember them being like little, little troublemakers but I think Samantha generally liked them, but I could okay. be wrong on that.
0: Yeah, I think that they were mischievous, but I think like she enjoyed spending time with them. I think they got her into some mischief. Yeah, I see. I see. So not like Eddie Ryland, I
2: the bane of Samantha's existence, and I, I'm just convinced that later on they get married, like later on in the, in the story.
0: Oh my God. I don't I think we were saying somewhat recently that like to have a epilogue of all the American girl stories like 10 Truly. or like 20 years later would be so great.
1: I, I would love that. Honestly, it it just kind of feels like it would be like catching up with old friends. Like how the Sex in the City movies were for me. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just feels so good to reunite with them. I'm not saying those movies are good.
0: No, no, <laughs> but, or like the right, downtown, you got to watch, like right. the Downton Abbey movies. It could be a great mini series. Like each episode would be a yes, different person.
1: Oh my god, it would be so good to like see their life, like through the years, how things changed until they were like in in their eighties.
0: Yeah, I feel like. That would be so amazing. I don't know why. There's, I have so many suggestions for Mattel. All right. So, with that many dolls there's a lot of outfits and fashions from different Uh, eras to take into consideration (laughs) and fashion, you know, being a very important part of your origin story. Is there an outfit that stands out to you that you had or coveted for your doll? That's like the best of all time.
2: Is there ever? So this is between two uh, that just, Oh, absolutely left such an impression on me. And the outfits are Felicity's riding outfit, which I feel is the most perfect outfit in existence, even though <laughs> I am terrified of horses. So I've never even <laughs> been near riding one, but definitely the riding outfit, that velvet hat that goes mm-hmm. with it. I mean, just everything, it's perfect. And Samantha's midi outfit, the black and white nautical um,
1: from her summer story. Mm, Uh, yeah, So cute. Those are really good choices.
0: Two outfits that I feel like are very, like, demonstrative of the time that they came from. Like, Felicity's is so colonial and really, like, screams, like, with that, like, three-cornered hat, like, just it's screaming like 1774 and samantha's being like exactly what I would imagine like the Romanov children were wearing on a summer outing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that was exactly what they were wearing because I, I am obsessed with that time period. And yes, I've seen pictures of that
1: family in those outfits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: absolutely. Yes.
1: Elizabeth, what was your collection like outfit wise? definitely
2: expansive I, I feel like my dolls it kind of went on how much my mom liked them so I had the outfits for Samantha all all of her outfits all of Felicity's I, I did not have that much for Kirsten I think I had her birthday outfit I did not mm-hmm. have her school outfit I did not have her Christmas outfit which I loved
0: yeah that's, that's a great one I, yeah, yeah that's a
2: great one well, I had a lot of the girl of today outfits. Molly's rain outfit is a big one for me as well as her velvet Christmas dress.
0: Yes. Uh, Yes.
2: Yes. I I had a lot of, I think Kirsten was the one where I really did not have a lot of her collection.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Were you dressing the dolls in each other's clothes too, or did everyone stick to their time period? So I know that that is something frowned upon by many but yes I would
2: switch around and <laughs> I did either of you have storybook heirlooms dolls oh no. my god that sounds
1: so familiar What is it
2: The dolls I feel were a knockoff like an American girl knockoff but it was a um like mommy and me catalog so there would be clothes like for a mother and you know daughter and I think even son uh clothing. It was primarily a clothing store, but they had some dolls as well. And they were, I think they were meant to be historical or they, they maybe lived in an attic, like a magic attic or something. I can't remember.
1: I remember the magic attic dolls very clearly. Those outfits that the magic attic dolls had were incredible. Like looking at that catalog, I looked at it recently and I was like, wow, this is more appealing than AG in a lot of ways.
2: Oh, yes. Yes. No, controversial I, I remember <laughs> what, there was a, it was a satin hot pink dress with a cape and it had white feathers also as <laughs> like on the cuffs around the neck. And they were a little bit tight fitting on the AG girls, but I remember putting mm. uh, Samantha in that outfit.
1: Ooh. That is fun. Did you have these dolls too, or just the outfits?
2: Well, I had two of these and I remember one, her head fell off and there is no doll (laughs) hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Throughout the years, I've seen this head um, just within my doll things, like periodically.
1: Oh my God. Did they interact
2: with your AGs? They did. Yes. Yeah. So sometimes it was a little bit like of a crossover.
1: Yeah. Do you treat them all the same?
2: I feel as though I liked the AGs better. I've played (laughs) a little bit of favorites with a little bit of favoritism.
0: Who wouldn't, honestly? I mean, (laughs) it's so so hard not to.
1: (laughs) Honestly.
0: But the Magic
1: Attic dolls, like... like if anyone could track down a catalog, I know there are scans of it online. It is like truly joyful. It's kind of that very girly dress up element. Cause I think like the dolls like would get themselves into these scenarios that were like ballerina and gymnast, a circus performer, like things that were like pretty elaborate and they would create like those beautiful, like Catalog vignettes that we love from AG, and it was just a little more variety and a little bit more. I don't know. I mean, it was all like modern, very girly. Really, yeah. Fun. I didn't have I was, any,
0: but they're fun. you wanted them. I yeah. I was like googling them to try to get a sense because I didn't really remember Magic Addict dolls, but yeah, they seem to be like very 90s or like 80s in their aesthetic and like pastel yeah. colors.
1: Right One hundred percent, yeah, but looking at these dolls after you know looking at a g so closely over the years, like these dolls are very askew, like their faces are just like a little off, <laughs> yes, no, they definitely about they, them <laughs>
2: the, the face mold, no, no its yeah. not
1: <laughs> right? They also like look older.
0: They're not a they're girl, not yet not a woman. Not yet a woman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, like, it's
1: Very ambiguous.
0: They're not 10, that's
1: for sure. No, they're, they're like pushing 15. But maybe they're eight. Like you can't really tell.
0: <laughs> that's we so 100%. <laughs> but, the,
1: but the clothing is impeccable.
0: Yeah, it's a shame that like more of the clothing, I guess, like wasn't interchangeable or, like, accessible, like, because all these dolls are, like, slightly different sizes, although I think I've seen people take, like, some American Girl clothes and, like, appropriate them onto other dolls and vice versa. Mm. I used to take my baby clothes sometimes and put them on my bitty Baby Ew. as, like, a little fun thing because a bitty yeah. Baby is, like, the size of, like, maybe, like, a one-month-old <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I feel like if the clothes were like more universal, then like American girl wouldn't have been able to get away with like charging so much for them. Right. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. Uh,
1: Elizabeth, what were things that you always wanted but never had?
2: Well, of course, I wanted there to be a Grand Mary doll introduced, which it never happened. (laughs) I I think going back to the Playmobil Victorian mansion, I imagine that to be Grand Mary's house in like the mid part of the 1800s. And so I I desperately would have wanted that. Um, I was absolutely re-traumatized by the catalog pages because i wanted at the girl of today when all of that first came out the vertical striped bike shorts like for for girls yeah and the horizontal striped ag uh like hoodie um with yeah. the the girl on the front i just remember desperately wanting those and not getting any of that clothing although i did have the bomber jacket oh, oh the, the purple oh yes. one it was actually the strawberry colored one. It
0: wasn't <laughs> <laughs> even more rare, honestly. <laughs> yes.
2: And I I don't think I still have it, but I hold out hope that it's somewhere.
0: Oh my, God. oh my gosh. Seriously. I feel like we all would love to get those striped bike shorts today. I mean, they would right? be such a moment today. <laughs> I
1: had the striped bike shorts and I didn't have the hoodie, but I had the black logo tee with like the girl on it. I have a really good photo of me in, in both of these holding my Felicity. I should put it on the Instagram. That is the perfect outfit. Right? They need to reintroduce all of these classic looks.
0: Merch idea. I don't know what we can get away with, but I know, right? I, I will look... buy everything. <laughs> I want I want to look into like making just like a shirt with the old logo on it.
1: Oh my god. That would truly be a dream.
0: Yeah, Laura, let's
1: do it. Bring I it know. to the people until we, we get a should. cease and desist.
0: Literally. And then we'll cease. That's fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, as long as we have the shirt and get it into as many people's wardrobes as possible.
0: Yeah. You just
2: can't cease before I buy everything.
0: Yes, exactly. Right? We're going to have to, like, make that a follow-up action after this call. <laughs> really... <laughs> What is the status of your collection today, Elizabeth? Because um, it sounds like you might have some things, but other things might be gone by the wayside.
2: There are some tragedies I, I must reveal as far as my collection. So um, unfortunately, my, my beloved childhood cats, um, they, they lived very long, wonderful lives. But at the end of their lives, um, they started to really have problems. They would urinate on literally everything we owned. Uh-huh. So I did, I did lose it. I had the backpack. I had like the girl's backpack.
1: Uh-huh.
2: I know I lost that um, to the cats. I lost oh, a few no. of the books. I, I loved the, uh, you know, books like that came out for girls later. Um, like kind yep. of as you were growing up, I lost a number of those. And then at some point in my early 20s, I sold some of my collection and I deeply, deeply regret it. Um, I can say that I sold um, through, there's a website, AG Playthings. it's called. And it's like a lot of the AG IG. I I don't know if you guys have been on there, but um, it's a lot of just really great collectors. So I know that they went to great uh, people. And so it it was a good experience, but I regret it immensely. And I will buy it all back. <laughs> but I I would say that I probably still have about 60% of my collection.
1: Did you save any of the dolls or did those all get sold? Oh,
2: oh no, I I saved everything of Samantha's, everything of Felicity's. I I cannot bear to look to see what is still there and what <laughs> yeah. is uh But I th- I think I still have Addie. I know Kirsten went. Um I know for a fact Kirsten went.
0: And she I, seemed like the natural choice to, yes. to
2: <laughs> right? Yes. <yeah. laughs> but you know what's funny? I think of, oh, I, you know, and I even look periodically like, because I actually, it was a white body Kirsten. It, it oh. was really, yes. It, oh, it wow. was apparently a very rare, very rare Kirsten, which I have no idea how I had the white body because I would have gotten that later like it, it doesn't make sense for the time period that huh. I would have gotten her because I had thought that was just in the 80s only but right. I, Interesting. I did I, I do remember she was a white body so I periodically do look but I I always wanted her collection so when I buy her back I am getting the rest of the collection if I can yeah. find it.
0: now's right. the time yeah Lindsay, for Kirsten, yeah Lindsay did your Felicity have a white body
1: She didn't. And I think that's why they switched to the beige bodies is because Felicity had like lower necklines, Mm -hmm. um, in her outfit. So you didn't want to see like a white body there and you wanted something a bit more, you know, her her cloth body in line with her (laughs) plastic head.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I've really like started to learn more about like the you know like the different eras of manufacturing and how some of them are like signed as well by like yeah. Pleasant Rowland which is pretty cool but the white body thing is very interesting you know how those have like you can see like exactly when those transitioned maybe in your case Elizabeth they like had more leftover that they needed to yeah. like sell through
1: right yeah. <laughs> like a surplus yeah truly That's a really good point, Laura.
0: (laughs) Coming from a consumer goods uh, career, it's it's very likely that that was. (laughs) I I feel like
2: that would never happen with the Samantha dolls.
0: No, no, they were—they're like we can't keep these in stock fast enough. (laughs) I wonder—I do wonder sometimes if like any of them ever went like temporarily out of stock. Oh, Right. right.
1: I know I'm so curious, like, you know, thinking back to when I got my Felicity and having to order her through the catalog, like how long did shipping take back then? Like people, I don't think expected shipping times like they do now where everything is like, you know, at your doorstep in a couple of days, max, like how long did things take when you ordered from a catalog
0: and how would they communicate if it was out of stock? Hmm, I guess they'd have to call you and I'm thinking like it probably took like two weeks
1: yeah
2: yeah that that sounds fair and do you guys remember how great the packaging was with Pleasant Company how like
0: stunning it was amazing everything was so thoughtfully done and like the historic dolls had the maroon boxes right yeah oh my god everything was beautiful The unboxing of an American Girl doll was like, so exciting. The hide that I've been chasing ever since. (laughs) Same. Right? Oh my God.
1: (laughs) And now, Elizabeth, we have to talk about this. I mentioned this in my intro, that you started your own AG club. Could you tell us a bit more about this?
2: So truly, if you guys are true crime fans at all, if anyone listening like Jonestown, it was not. I could not get a single person into this. I think I had two friends that like humored me. I definitely could never start my own cult because this <laughs> this AG club. So there was, um, there were some sort of activity uh, packets or books or something where they gave materials for you to start your own AG club. Because I remember we had hats, we had AG club hats and they oh were from a company. And I did, I tried to put together, there were guides, like they really laid it out for you. And I, I was so excited, like, let's do this. And, you know, I had very few like girls to play with because ever, everyone was a boy like around in my childhood. And I was so <laughs> excited and it, it just never got off the ground as I had hoped <laughs>
1: oh my god wait was it part of like the american girl like the handbook like was i this believe so yes yes of the club oh my goodness <sighs> this was iconic and i mean this is like a fun book so this is what i'm holding now is the american girls club handbook and i think they referenced it in past episodes To laura if we ever start a patreon i think we should like Pick this up and of weekly activities because this is like a very entertaining club. Elizabeth, I would have been a member of it with you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Like the the crafts, the recipes that are Mm -hmm. in here, like this is really fun.
2: Yes, I know it. It was so fun. Like the things that they would provide like that the pleasant company provided just the activities like the paper dolls the recipes the plays um all of that i feel like they really gave girls you know a chance to explore different hobbies that probably a lot of people carried into their adult lives did you guys have
0: any of like the american girl like cookbooks or anything like that I believe I had them, but I I am not a great cook.
2: I I don't think that I ever could bring anything to life from them.
0: I I, want to say that I had one from either Josefina or Samantha. For one of them I had a cookbook and for another one I had a craft book. I think maybe it was Samantha's cookbook, Josefina's craft book. A fun vibe to go through too, even if like you didn't make any of the recipes, it was fun kind of just to look at them.
1: Right. Yeah. I had so many of the craft books. I think I had a cookbook or two, but I don't remember ever making anything from like the, the recipes. Like I had the books. I enjoyed looking at them, but I never made anything from them.
0: There were obviously so many, like from the American girl, like brand ones to like, I wish I had more, like the ones that I had were like the historical doll specific ones that like were relevant to their, cultures and time periods. And I wish, I honestly wish I could have like the cookbook for every single historical doll. Cause I bet they're so interesting. Yeah. There's a great
1: TikTok creator who's cooking his way through the books. We should link yeah. him in the show notes. Have you seen his content? It's so fun. No. He, makes, he makes each recipe throughout all of like the historic agey cookbooks and It's really interesting to like, see how these recipes turn out and like, what's actually like, you know, appealing, you know, it's food that like, you just don't really see today for a lot of, a lot of the historic recipes. So it's very interesting.
2: Wow. I I love that. I have to find him.
1: Yeah. We'll put it in um, the notes for this episode. I don't remember what the TikTok handle is.
0: Yeah. I remember like seeing this. I need to like get more into it. My mom would also love it. So I need to link her to it for sure. Yeah. What lasting impression has
1: American Girl left on you?
2: So many lasting impressions. Um, but, you know, when I've really th- been thinking a lot about it lately, though, because I'm thinking a lot of like, why right now is there a resurgence of, uh, you know, American girl dolls? And I really think looking back, you know, on the historical girls, they did a really good job of showing each doll moving through adversity and going mm-hmm. through a lot of change. And they were all from periods of significant change. And I feel as though that is the period that we're in right now. And I think all of us, as we try to readjust maybe after the pandemic or, you know, just adjust to many of the different things going on in the world. I think that we're drawing on the historical dolls in a way like we're drawing on an example from our childhoods of when we knew of people navigating these situations and doing so with this grace and ease. And I do feel like that is the impression I'm taking at the moment that like, you know, even when times are tough, like you can act with character and you can get through it. And yeah, that's it. That's kind of where I'm
1: at with it right now. Wow. Elizabeth, that was so well said. Like that oh, makes <laughs> I'm like blown away by that analogy. That was so spot on. And, you know, it just totally aligns.
0: I feel like, you know, like we've gotten like a lot of responses to this question that have been so interesting. But I think like, you know, one of the things that we haven't really touched on in just like a broader context is that like the books are really about like resiliency. And I think that that's like, I don't know, an important theme for young women and -hmm. young people in general to, to learn about. Right. Like there have been so many times
1: in our history where times have been tumultuous and you don't know what is going to come out at the other side of it. And these books really demonstrate life going through it and what that all looks like. And, you know, we're living history right now, knowing that there will be change in the world and not knowing what that's going to look like and being very uncertain. But you know, we've seen our girls go through that, whether that is, you know, living through World War II or slavery or the American revolution, like all of these different painful points in America's history.
0: Yeah. And I think showing like, you know, that all, all these girls in their story like despite those circumstances like they have you know really like fulfilling lives that aren't necessarily revolving around like you know some of them are more wealthy but like you know, there's always like some kind of qualifier, right? Like if Samantha's wealthy, but she doesn't have parents, like, right. you know, Molly's got like a nice family, but her dad's off fighting in the war. Um, You know, so I think it makes it interesting to see because it's almost like not like a, a trauma competition. <laughs> like it's like, right. you know, everybody, everybody can go through something and I I liked that they showed that for sure. Different different types of struggles that they overcome.
2: Oh, Definitely. absolutely. And I, I think even thinking back to, um you know, the books uh, that they put out for girls. That, I don't know if you guys had the help books.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: There was like a couple of them, right?
1: Yeah. Like those advice books for mm-hmm. like preteen girls.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they like, I feel like that kind of like takes the almost like the modern approach to, like, similar um, themes that you see in the American Girl book, so it, like, comes full circle. Oh, absolutely. I
2: I can remember being a girl and, like, reading through them, and maybe someone was describing a problem that I had really never had, and to think it, it kind of gave that frame of reference of, like, you know, you can have a different kind of problem or a different kind of life, but we are all connected and that we feel the same way about certain things. And I feel like they did a great job of um, illustrating that for girls. I I really do think they did a great job with it.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah wow, I loved talking this through. I feel like this was like a new, a new way of thinking about it that, you know, we've touched on, but like, haven't really thought about in this way until this episode. And I think that's, you know, such a great opportunity to get to hear from everybody individually about like what their, what their main takeaway is. So this was a great perspective. Shall we get into our a little light prompt to end it? <laughs> prompt time.
1: Oh, <laughs> All right, <laughs> Elizabeth, if you could have any two historic characters, whether it's a doll or a secondary character in their book, any two to have as dinner guests. So think about being able to interact with them yourself. They're interacting with each yeah. other. Who are the two that you're inviting to dinner?
2: I so desperately have to say, Grand Mary is one of them. <laughs> Grand Mary. I don't know though. I don't know that Grand Mary is going to make the cut. Although I, I don't know how I could exclude her, but I, I so desperately would want to. Meet <laughs> Addie. I, I just, I, I thought Addie was the coolest character. I, I thought that she, um, really, did show a tremendous resilience and yeah. courage and. I would just love to have dinner with her. And I do really just feel like I want to be best friends with Samantha. I do. I I think those two, unfortunately I'm going to exclude Grand Mary tragically. But I think what I really liked about Samantha is that she was in her stories, you know, she was like a wealthier character, but I loved how they incorporated Nellie into that story as someone that like, she befriended, and she easily could have treated, like, you know, Nellie as lesser than her, and instead, you know, she treated her as an equal, and they were friends, and I know that the Nellie doll came out later, but unfortunately, I I don't know anything about how that uh, kind of was all, uh, you know, brought together, so I don't know much about Nellie's storyline beyond Samantha's books, but uh, yes, I think, Unfortunately, I will exclude Grand Mary. I would love to be, um,
1: and be best friends with Samantha and Addie. Oh, I love that. Great choices. That would be such an interesting dynamic. <laughs> I wonder, too, is wh- what year do you think Grand Mary was born? Like, let's say Grand Mary, how old do you think she is? Like, 60. See, 60? it's hard to
2: say. It what was life expectancy, you know, at, at 1900, right. maybe? Maybe yeah. Grand Mary's like much younger than we're imagining her to
0: be. Grand Mary's right. thir- 37 years old. She right. right. very well could be. I mean, I mean, I'm Grand Mary. I think
1: like,
0: <laughs> if Samantha's parents were like, if we give them 25 when they right. had her, and now she's like around 10. So they would be 35, and if Grand Mary was maybe 25 when she had whichever parent she's the parent of, that would make her 60.
2: Which doll would that put her? So say she's born in like 1850, which which historical dolls like, so geographically they're all different, but are there any like nearby to her? You know, they're like her
0: peers. Kirsten? I think that makes sense. And maybe Addie in a way, too, because, like, 1860s, so a little later, but pretty close, which is interesting because Kirsten and Addie I think of as being such different, you know, cultures and vibes, but they're really, like, not far apart at all in terms of, like, Mm. age grouping. So, very interesting. I mean, all the more reason for them to give us a little more about Grand Mary's backstory.
1: Right. It would be so interesting also how we were talking about like wanting to see like life after age 10 and into adulthood with the gals. But it would also be interesting. You know, there's like some overlap in like the mid 1850s ish with some of the dolls. Right. Like Felicity would be like in her 70s. I don't know, doing rough math. And Samantha would not have been born, but maybe we could get like a throwback Grand Mary involved where it's like, see where the the doll universes collide and bring them all together at the same point and have them interact.
0: A hundred (laughs) percent. My dreams.
2: (laughs) Yes, that is is truly a dream.
0: All right. Well, getting into our last little prompt here, Elizabeth, you gave us some favorite celebrities of yours so I picked one and I'm gonna ask who you they would have as a doll so um you selected Iris Apfel who do you think (laughs) she would have as a doll (laughs) I
2: feel as though she would have Molly but she and her husband um you know they started a textile business and she's just somebody who showed like a tremendous amount of grit like you know building this huge business and I feel like that just connects with Molly and her World War II kind of grit that that whole generation showed you know uh, living through the war and interrupting their lives and kind of you know contributing to the war effort and I feel like that kind of determination is very on brand for Iris
0: yes I feel like she feels like a fully fleshed out Molly type like from youth to now like f- you know through the end of her life as like a very very much like in line with like what you were saying like a lot of Molly's like true characteristics and you know they they probably grew up in very similar time mm-hmm. period and i think that makes them a good pairing i feel like she's kind of like the new york version of Yes. Molly, being from the Midwest.
1: <laughs> right. Right.
0: <laughs> Elizabeth, this was so
1: much fun to chat with you today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and telling us all about your American girl journey. This was really great to connect with you.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I have had so much
1: fun connecting with you guys and talking all things AG wonderful and now let everyone know where they could find you because i know they're going to want to (laughs) well yes so anyone uh, can find me on
2: instagram i'm at just it uh where i put together ag fashions uh for the modern day
0: and we love it well thanks elizabeth and thank you to our listeners we'll talk to you soon